Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. In anticipation of Super Bowl 58 and the NFL playoffs, BetMGM is a brand new offer for the listeners of the Just Baseball Show. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook app of at least $5. You will receive $158 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. So how do you get this offer? Well, first, you're going to download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $5 in to your newly created account place a wager in the amount of at least five dollars at standard odds price once you have placed a bet you will receive 158 dollars in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager disclaimer betmgm.com for terms and conditions must be 21 plus to wager u.s promotional offers not available in dc new york or ontario gambling problem Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get $158 when you bet at least $5 on your first wager. Do it on BetMGM. Wednesday, January 10th here on the Just Baseball Show. You got Arm Layton and I'm Peter Apple. And in this episode, we are going to play general manager for the Houston Astros, the Detroit Tigers, and the Colorado Rockies, while also evaluating the Shota Imana- Shota Imananga. Imanaga. Market. Shota Imanaga. Imanaga. Yeah. See, I'm trying. I'm trying my best here, Arm, and we're going to talk about it because he only has a few more days before... The, the posting fee is gone. He could be yeah. back to Japan. So yeah. we're going to decide what team he makes the most sense for and if he is going to end up being a major league pitcher. First, I want to talk to you about a New Year's resolution that I've been going through. 
whether or not it's going to last and get your advice. But first, we are brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. If you listen to the ad at the beginning, you know that we have a new customer offer. Bet five, get $158 instantly in bonus bets on BetMGM for Super Bowl 58. It's an absolute no-brainer. You bet five bucks and you just get $158 back instantly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be available in the United States and must be 21 or older and terms and conditions apply. Arm, first of all, how are you? Because I want to tell you about my New Year's resolution. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what what it could possibly be. But uh, no, I'm good, dude. I'm good. I've got... Uh, mine is the classic exercise more, stop sitting on my ass and writing up prospects like all the time. So just getting out a little bit more, like I could still write and, and focus on that. So that's my, you know, that's been my focus. But um, yeah, what, what's yours? I'm sure it's a little more exciting than mine. For 2024, I wanted to get a little bit healthier and okay. I didn't want to go vegan because there's no shot I'm giving up meat. Respect to the vegans out there, but there's just so no you, shot I'm ever going to do that. Like five days a week, according to your Twitter. Exactly. So I just can't do it. I love cooking meat too much. I love eating meat too much. It's not going to happen. But one thing I could give up is dairy. Ooh. And you think about giving up dairy for a year, right? All right. I won't drink milk anymore. I won't have cheese. But then you consider, well, what about pizza? What about cheese on burgers? What about nachos? And the reason I bring up those three foods is they're arguably in my top five. I'm no ice cream. And then it keeps going down the pipe, right? What about all these things made with eggs? No brownies, cakes, pies. Oh, so you're doing you're doing not not even eggs either. No eggs. I'm already not. I don't like scrambled. I know you don't like eggs. That's always been a thing. I always get chirped. I went to Syracuse University. Basically, the motto there is you start your day off with a bacon, egg and cheese. I was never a fan of that. Yeah. So I'm a weirdo for not liking eggs. But the more I realize I'm starting to give up dairy, you start to realize a lot of things go out the window. Right. Even I'm a huge fan of peanut M&Ms. No chocolate. That's dairy. Yeah. Dude, I'm not a big dairy guy. I mean, I'll do the cheese on on things occasionally, but like I don't like milk. Like I. It's, yeah. it's, it's not meant for us. It's, it's a, there's a hormone cocktail. You're not really supposed to have that much dairy. I, I stand by it. I get roasted for it all the time. My friends used to come over when I was a kid. Cause I'd always drink almond milk just cause like I couldn't drink dairy. And my friends would always be like, do you guys have like normal milk? And I'm just like, no, we don't. But yeah, I, I, look, it's hard in the beginning, but you'll get into a rhythm. I think you can do it. You could cheat here and there with like cheese on the burger. Uh, the occasional and, and pizza. There's a lot of good dairy-free alternatives for ice cream nowadays that are good. I can tell you that firsthand. Uh, that's why. That's why I wanted to ask for your advice because I know that you're not the biggest dairy guy. Uh-uh. So, what have you felt is the biggest problem with really pizza. not eating dairy? Pizza, pizza, pizza. Uh, there, there's just no replacing pizza. Like, I know that they make vegan pizza. It's just not the same. That some of the dairy-free ice creams, honestly, they still they still hit. They're good. Pizza is the one that you just you just can't do it. And in New York, like if you asked one of these dudes in New York and you know, one of these people that, that have a, a pizza shop for a dairy free slice, they'd slap you with the dough. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, that's the one that's hard. So for any of the just baseball show listeners that are inspired, maybe they aren't even a big fan of dairy in the first place and just want to give it up for 2024. Let me know. Yeah, we'll, we'll 
create a group, right? Maybe I'll start a group chat and we'll just talk about the fact of how much we miss cheese and all this good stuff. It'll be good for but you, though. Besides that, let's actually talk some baseball here on the Just Baseball Show. Aram, I'm going to hand the reins to you on Shoda yeah. because I, I just keep embarrassing myself by pronouncing his first name and last name. I know the guy, left-handed pitcher from the MPB. We saw him in the World Baseball Classic. He doesn't have a high-velocity heater, but it's high spin. He's got a couple of breaking balls. I know he can help a team, mm-hmm. but some teams have put forward the issue that he might be a fly ball guy. Mm-hmm. Might not be a good fit for a team like the Yankees or yeah. basically any team in the American League East with a tiny ballpark. But maybe for a team like the Giants or the Padres or the Mariners, big parks, would that make sense? But yeah. we've also seen some teams who do make sense kind of start to get out of it. Right now, what we do know, or at least what's being reported, is that the Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs seem to be the two teams most interested in adding him. Yeah. What do you make of all this? It's interesting, man, because Imanaga is a unique one where, yeah, I mean, I, I think the the home run issue is 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 for real. Like, I think that's going to be something that, depending on where he plays, can drastically impact his outcome because he, you know, that's a guy that it's a high carry fastball, as you mentioned, like it's low release. He needs to throw that at the top of the zone. So to do that, you can't be afraid of fly balls. And if it's in a place where you know, fly balls are going to sneak out a little bit more. Yeah, you, you don't want to do that. And you just kind of look at park factors of, you know, I, the, the over the last three years, which ballparks have kind of been a little bit more friendly to home runs. Great American ballparks, number one. Surprisingly, Dodger Stadium, number two. And then the Yankees, mm. you know, Yankee Stadium, number three. Otherwise, Imanaga would be a perfect fit. But I actually think it's smart on the Yankees. If you're going to spend that money, spend it on a guy that's a better fit. I think the Cubs are a pretty good fit. And I know it depends because some days it, the ball really flies out of there and some days it doesn't. But I think the Cubs just kind of need an arm in general. I'd be more worried about the fit with the Red Sox because, yeah, it might not be as much of a home run haven as some of these other ballparks. But you know how many like 0.05 expected batting average hits are going to, you know, just scrape the wall and, and turn into to doubles and stuff like that? Like, I do think the wall could be an issue. But what's interesting is you mentioned, like, because he's unique, it kind of narrows some of the teams that, you know, could could go after him. And now he has the posting date that's you know going to be up in a few days here so is that working against him and i feel like it's almost like a game of chicken now right where their teams are like how long are you going to wait and then Imanaga and his agent are saying hey well how long are you going to wait we're going to sign another deal and they're, gonna, they're saying okay we'll go sign a deal you're running out of time and i think it's almost like the standoff and i, I wonder where like who kind of gives in and if he ends up getting a little bit less money than we thought or if a team swoops in and, and signs him And I do think it's funny that the Cubs and the Red Sox are at the forefront of these conversations when both general managers have basically done nothing Mm -hmm. this entire offseason. I mean, Jed Hoyer is legit asleep. And Craig Breslow, he's added Lucas Giolito. He's at least done something. But these, right, you guys just talked about Teoscar Hernandez on the past episode. Mm -hmm. You know, the Dodgers outbid on a one-year, $23.5 million deal as reported. Boston Red Sox. I mean, how do you get outdone when you're the Red Sox and you're the third most valuable team in Major League Baseball on a one-year deal? Now you can say, well, Teoscar wasn't worth that. Okay. And I quote Andrew Friedman, if you are rational about every free agent, you will finish third for every free agent. At some point, was Shohei worth $700 Probably not. Who got him? Dodgers. Now he's on the Dodgers, right? All these guys. If you want a guy, you're going to have to pay a little bit more. You're going to have to go outside your model. And that's the problem with teams like the Cubs and the Red Sox right now is they will not go outside. So that's why 
it makes the most sense for a team like the Cubs to do it. But if it's a game of chicken and one team's going to go fine, we just need an arm. They're going to get outbid. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why I, I wonder if the Mets swoop in, you know, kind of in the 11th hour here and say, hey, you know, five year deal. Like the Mets are apparently trying to fortify the bullpen. So like they obviously want to be somewhat competitive next year. And the team's not bad. Like it has the potential to be no. like, fine. They can hang around yeah. like they're a talented team. So definitely. It, if it all clicks, they, they could they could be solid. If not this year, then maybe next year or the year after that. And in August 30, you could sign him to a five-year deal. It's probably what he's going to get. I do wonder if just the Mets swoop in here and say, hey, you know, it, the market's not materializing the way that Imanaga may have hoped. And, uh, you know, we, we can we can grab this guy here. And he's actually a pretty good fit there, you know, in, in City Field. I know they've made changes to make it a little bit more hitter friendly, but it's still it's still a pitcher park. So that's a great spot for him. Um, I'm I'm really interested to see what happens, but I think regardless, even if he's a high you know home run guy, I think he's gonna miss enough bats. I think he's gonna be good enough that you know, really where he plays, I think is the difference of if he's more of a four or more of a three. And you know, I, I think either way, you know, you're getting a four who misses a lot of bats and gives you flashes and more than that. You know, I don't know what the asking price is right now. Probably 100 million for that's gonna be a little bit much, and I think that's probably the sticking point here. But in the right ballpark, like I do think he can be an 80. $100 million pitcher and, and be a really good arm. So I'm interested to see, but it's also tough because he has this deadline, but now teams are also waiting to see where Snell goes and teams probably don't want to pivot to Imanaga until some of these other arms are off the market, but you don't have that luxury of waiting because Imanaga is going to be off the market once that deadline passes, which is what in the next few days, next few days. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be fun to see. I think shit's about to go crazy, both free agency wise, like some trades. I think things are really going to take off in the next couple of weeks. So final prediction. Do you think he goes to a major league team or do you think he's going back to the MPB? He's too good. He's someone's going to pony up and do it. I, I think, I think it's going to be, I would love to see the Cubs just step up and do it. Yeah. I, I think the Cubs make the splash. I do. Finally. I'm down to just predict them to the Cubs because they need somebody. They need somebody. Right? Yeah. And I it's wonder not if like they're just going to. That's the one thing. Left-handed pitching, like, you know, they have Wicks. Eh, you know, he's he's a five. You have Jackson Ferris, who's really far off. They they could use a lefty in the fold, another lefty in the fold there. So I, I think he's a perfect fit. Or they just re-sign Stroman and Bellinger and, right? You're, but you're missing Stroman. If you don't bring back Stroman, like, that is a big hole to fill. It is. You can say yeah, whatever you yeah. want about Marcus Stroman's antics off the field. He's a good pitcher. Yeah. He's going to sign with a good team because he deserves it. He's going to get 20 plus million dollars. Maybe the Cubs don't want to do that, but then you have to replace him in some facet. And this could be the guy. So we'll say he's going to the Cubs, even though I think in the back of our mind, we don't really. Well, it, but we're picking between teams that both don't want to do shit. So yeah. it's like, oh, wait, the Red Sox. Like, yes, they did get Giolito. What's interesting with them is like, do they just fully not care about fly ball pitchers in their ballpark? Hence the Giolito signing, or are they going to say, Hey, I don't know if we should have two guys like this in the same ballpark. I don't know how Breslow sees it, but yeah, at the, at the end of the day, he's still a good option for them. any Managa, even if it's not the perfect fit ballpark wise. I do feel bad for Imanaga too, because the, like we said, the two teams bidding for him are two teams who just do not want to spend money. So his market is the two most stubborn teams yeah. of this offseason. That's why I'm hoping Uncle Steve just sweeps in there, like just swoops in there and 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 pays him what he deserves. But yeah, otherwise, I, it's like who else is gonna? I, maybe maybe the Mariners surprise us. Maybe with maybe. some of the money that they've cleared up. Maybe doubt it. Doubt it. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, more teams that don't want to spend money. 
More teams that don't want to spend money. Hot take. He does not throw in Major League Baseball this year. That would He's be going so to the MPB. No, that's just, it's just when I look at the market right now, that's just what would be the funniest option. And what's been happening this whole offseason is the funniest option with the teams considering his services. It's unreal. And, and it's just, you could make the case for him to like 20 different teams, like Orioles. Like, what are you doing? Why not? Why not? Well, but your your left field is about 700 feet away. Exa- exactly. You could, he could try to serve up home runs and they can't put it out in the left field, but I'm I'm exhausted talking about the the Orioles at this point. Me too. So let's talk about the Houston Astros. So we're going to play general manager, like we said, Houston Astros, Detroit Tigers, and Colorado Rockies, and we're going to start you all off with a bang. So we'll talk about who's gone or who is currently a free agent, their current signings and trades, and we'll talk about their payroll. Then we'll go position by position. And Arm and I, we added a third team to this episode. Mm-hmm. And the reason for it is the Astros might not make a move for the rest of the offseason. It might just be done considering their payroll, and we'll walk you through it. So who became free agents for the Astros? Hector Neris in their bullpen. Michael Brantley, but he ended up retiring. Shout out Michael Brantley. Yeah, what a career. I mean, if he didn't get hurt, I mean, I think that the career numbers would have been like, I think even closer to, to, you know, decent Hall of Fame case, but obviously just so many injuries through the years. But what a career. Just hit his entire career. Phil Maton, again, another guy in their bullpen. Ryan Stanek, same thing. So they really lost three key bullpen arms. Mm -hmm. And then you lose Martin Maldonado, which, you know, they stuck behind for a long, long time. But Yiner Diaz is here. So they, Martin Maldonado had no plan with them anymore. Uh, But they did sign a cheaper version potentially of Maldonado in Victor Caratini. I think better at this point, too. I agree with you. And traded for right-handed pitcher Dylan Coleman, who was kind of nasty out of the Royals pen. He was kind of shaky, but he is nasty for right-handed pitcher Carlos Mateo. Their active payroll at the current moment is $177 million, but their projected total payroll is $223.8 million. So they're right on the precipice of the CBT. Do you want to go over? Do you want to go under? If I'm Jim Crane probably want to make sure that you stay under that number. That's what, he so we'll go, does, it, that's what he always does. So we'll go position by position and see if we need any changes. And this might go rather quickly. Yeah. Second base, yeah. you moving off Jose Altuve? I think, I think he's all right. And you got Mauricio Dubon if you need him. What about Alex Bregman at third? Should we it's table funny. that? You know, they, they were talking about the trades. There's just no way, you know, and I, I'm glad that Dana Brown kind of shut it down. You know, maybe if they were sucking this year, they could do it. But again, this is a good team. You got to you got to see what you got. You're rolling with Bregman. Have to roll with Bregman. But we'll talk about why potentially they could trade a couple of these guys after we're done with the entire offense. Uh, I think Jordan Alvarez is a pretty good DH. He's fine. Yeah, he's all right. Um, if anyone hasn't sensed that yet, that is complete sarcasm. He <laughs> is a truck of a man. Yeah. Jose Abreu at first. Yep. Rolling. Kyle Tucker in right field. One of the best outfielders in Major League Baseball. Yeah, we're going to roll with him. Uh, Yonder Diaz, a catcher. I'm going to rank him weirdly high on my top 15 catchers right, list right. when we come out with it. Dude rakes and he's a good defender. Chaz McCormick and left has just he's the starter. He's a beast. Love Chaz. It's just it's C-H-A-S, not C-H-A-Z, which always pisses me off. And I still haven't come to terms that he throws left handed and hits right handed. Yeah, it never makes it, sense. It, hate to see that. 
Hate to see that, uh, but he's still pretty good. Jeremy Pena, short, least clutch player in Major League Baseball coming off a World Series MVP, which I always thought was fascinating, but he's your starting shortstop for the foreseeable future. Right. Guy is very good. And then, Jake My- and then Jake Myers in center. I, I, I mean, what are we going to do? Add Cody Bellinger? Like, we just yeah. can't. It's a, in, and like, whoever you sign, like, realistically, Myers is a good defender out there. It's going to run and, into some baseballs. And Dubon no, is actually fine in center. So I, no, I Dubon like, should be their starting center fielder over Jake Myers, right? We're going all over Fangraphs' Ross Resource, their projected starting lineup. But Mauricio Dubon was one of the better players on this Astros team last year. For stretches, he absolutely yes. was. I mean, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably roll with Dubon most of the time, you know. And, and the thing is, you can move Dubon around, right? He plays second, he plays left, he, play, he played all over the diamond. So certain times where you want to move him somewhere else, he's got to plug in for somebody else, then that's where you have Jake Myers in center. But yeah, I kind of like the idea of those guys. I think mostly Dubon playing center, Myers, you know, splitting some time there as well. And then on the bench, of course, you have Caratini, who could play some first, he could play some catcher. You have John Singleton, who's, you know, more of just a slugger to have on your bench, pinch hit kind of roles. You have Greg Kessinger, who can play a bunch of different infield positions. And then, of course, you have Mauricio Dubon, who can basically do everything except pitch and catch. And if you put him behind the plate, I'm sure he'd be fine. I'm sure he could. That's that's how great of a utility player Mauricio Dubon is. So the only conversation that we need to have with this team is why they would consider trading Alex Bregman. So we talk about the Astros wanting to be under the collective bargaining tax. Of course, they don't want to pay those extra fees. Alex Bregman makes the most money on this team, over $30 million, and he is a free agent after this season. So that's why his name keeps coming up. The Astros want to stay under the payroll. Could they fathom trading a key piece But at the same time, are they going to re-sign him when he becomes a free agent? Because there have been really no talks of extension here. So I think what the Astros are going to do is saying, yeah, we're probably going to lose him. But at the same time, we can win a World Series this year. So if we lose him, we lose him. Is it maybe smart to trade him? Potentially. But I don't think that's what the Astros are going to do. I think they're okay losing him after the year. If they go to the playoffs again, buy for a World Series. And when you look at this team and we go over it, why can't they? Yeah. And and the thing, you'll get the draft pick back, which I obviously pales in comparison to the haul that he would probably bring in right now. But that said, like, I'd rather have him for the year. Right. Like, think about it. A team that's going to trade for him is a team that's in win now mode that knows they're renting him for a year. So the Astros are exactly that. So you might as well just exactly. do that, right? So, like, if the Astros didn't have a third baseman, we'd be saying, "Oh, they should go target a guy like Alex Bregman. Uh, uh, they'll have him for one year, and then he'll hit free agency." So, I, I just feel like, yeah, it's unfortunate. Of course, it, teams like the Rays, they'll always trade guys with a couple years of control, and you know, try to always be ahead of the game here and always have you know maximize every every dollar of an asset or, or every you know percentage point of a value. The Astros, while they don't go over the CBT, they do still spend enough money to where they don't necessarily have to operate completely that way. So I'm okay with letting him walk. If I'm the Astros, you're going to recoup a a very high pick because he's going to get a lot of money. So it's going to be one of the top, you know, competitive balance picks that you're going to get back. And that that'll be at least something that they return and, you know, they'll give him a QO. He'll probably turn it down, but um, I I just think you got to see it through. This team's too good. You just walked us through a lineup that, I mean, if a Bray, bounces back, if Yiner, 
you're just getting the ABs now instead of Martin Maldonado. And, you know, you hope that Pena plays a little bit better this year and you have Jordan just more help, more available and healthy. And Altuve missed time too. Uh, we, we, we're going to talk about the pitching. Like, I think a lot of those guys can bounce back. This team could win a World Series easily. If you think that's possible, I, you, you got to hold on to them. I mean, this is the Houston Astros we're talking about here, people. Yeah. This team is loaded year in and year out, right? They just lost the Texas Rangers in the ALCS who went on to win the World Series and won four to one. If you put the Astros against the Nambacks, they probably win the World Series, right? And that's down years from Javier and Framber, right? Jordan missed time and Altuve missed time and they didn't get a ton of contributions from Jose Bray, like you said. If this team is firing on all cylinders and stays healthy all year long, we're looking at one of the favorites to win the World Series once again. And just to finish up on Alex Bregman, how much would the Astros even get for him? Because he is a free agent after the year and he's making $30 million. That's the thing. You're not going to get much for him. So if you were to trade for him, it's going to be from one of these win now contenders who are going to offer up prospects. And you're probably not going to get a blue chip. You'll probably get two good ones, but that's not what the Astros want right now. No. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, too. So that's a good point. With the money that it costs on top of it for the one year deal, yeah, how many top prospects are you getting? Are you getting, you know, one top 100 guy, two top 100 guys? I don't know. But again, you're going to get a draft pick back when you keep him. And with the way that the Astros draft and develop, you know, that could be equally as valuable for them. The the other side of it is, I know we're going to get to the rotation in a second, but the Astros gave up some legitimate pieces to have Justin Verlander for another year, right? Like that was a big part of it. They gave up Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford, two prospects I really like. Drew Gilbert probably could have ended up helping them in center field as soon as this coming season to be able to have Verlander for another year. So to me, that's ind- indicative of, let's get one last hurrah here with, with Bregman and, and, and some of these other guys and, and try to win it with Verlander, probably in the final year of his career. You don't give all that up to then, you know, take away from your lineup a little bit. So uh, I think this is one last kind of push it all forward. And then we might see a little bit of a restructured Astros in 2025. Do you want to add an outfielder even on a cheap deal or should we just worry about the bullpen? And this is the offense that they have. Cause I could throw a couple of names at you. So- and I don't think they're going to be expensive. I don't know if it's like, worth it. Are they going to be better than yeah than Dubon and Myers? I don't know. No, and then I not. will say, bias alert real quick. Disclaimer, bias alert. Um, friend of the show, Joey Loperfito. Guy can play. Look at the numbers. Put up really good numbers in, in double A. Reach triple A. Can play center field. Can play both corners. Can play second. Can play first. I know that the Astros really like him. Uh, he was floated in a lot of trade talks. They ended up holding on to him. Another guy that they specifically did not want to move is Jacob Melton, another outfielder. Tons of bags, 40 bags, big power, finished the year in double A, can play really good center field. So either of those guys could end up plugging in if Myers or or Dubon you know, aren't playing great. And I know that they like both those guys, too. So they at least have some upper minors options to mix in on top of, you know, again, if it was just Myers or both. Or just Dubon, I'd be worried. But both of those guys, I figure at least one of them will be able to, you know, give you league average offense. I'd rather take the risk there and maybe go sign another reliever because they I, did I lose agree. three key relievers. Then, like giving a couple million bucks to Adam Duvall or, you know, I'm with you, Rafael Ortega, and Aaron Hicks, Cole Calhoun. Like I would rather just roll with some young guns and go back up the bullpen. I agree. And, and just for reference, for people who are like, oh, well, why can't they throw a little bit of money? Like looking at the CB tax 40 man, like over the last 
several years. So right now they're at 226, as Peter mentioned earlier. 2022, they were at 210. 2021, they were at 206. 2020, they were at 224. And 2019, they were at 203. So they're already higher than they've ever been. And I know that naturally it's always going to go up, but not that much. You know, So they're pretty much maxed out right now. So if we're going to spend a few million bucks, I'm with you. I think it should be in the bullpen where, as you mentioned, as we got into this team, Pete, like they lost some arms. I mean, not not the arms, but they lost some arms. I mean, Neris was their seventh inning guy. Mayton was their fifth, sixth inning guy. He also started games for them as more of an opener, of course. And Ryan Stanek didn't have a great year last year, but the year before he was one of the best relievers in baseball from an ERA standpoint. So we really have to attack this bullpen because what are the Astros known for, right? They finished sixth in ERA as a bullpen last year. And it seems like every single year they have a gauntlet back there. So when the game is in the sixth inning, it's basically over. And that's been a kind of an underrated reason why the Astros have been so good. We know they hit, we know they pitch well, at least at the beginning, but it's the Presley. It's the Abreu. It's the Maton. It's the Naris where the game's just over. Yeah. Now they don't have two of those guys. So we got to add back there. So we can quickly run through this rotation and have a similar type conversation with Bregman to Framber Valdez. But yeah. obviously you got Verlander at the top. I think we're good there. Framber, Christian Javier, Hunter Brown, and JP France. Now, France did not have good peripherals. I'll just say it quickly, yeah. right? Doesn't strike anybody out. Higher walk rate than you'd like to see. Higher hard hit rate than you'd like to see. And all of those cumulate into a high expected ERA, FIP, XFIP, all the other ERA estimators that you're going to find. But he did put up a 3.83 ERA. If he's closer to a 4.5, maybe a 4.6, like the peripherals might indicate, that's fine. He's still your Five fifth starter. starter yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you can go with openers when you want. But you have Hunter Brown, Javier, and you have Urquidy. Yeah. So, you and know, yeah, I you do have Urquidy. What up? It's, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I think it's kind of similar to the center field situation. I don't love them individually at number five or like in that spot, but I like both of them, figuring one yeah. of them. We'll be able to emerge as like a low force guy for you uh, at some point, you know, and, and, and just kind of settle in. And you assume Luis Garcia and Lance McCullers Jr. are going to come back into the fold at least some point during the season. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Right. So the, the date on Garcia is the injury. So he had the surgery like end of May. May so May. yeah, Luis Garcia had Tommy John surgery May 19th. So I would expect probably an August return. I think that's fair. Yeah. And then McCullers, and then we, don't, Mc- we don't know as much because it's like it was like a flexor tendon bone spur thing. So you'd assume it would be quicker recovery, but you never know. Yeah, he had that on June 13th. So that's why I said this season, because I think both of them are kind of up in the air. I assume McCullers comes back. You could throw him after the All-Star break. I assume both of them are at least getting close after the all-star break, yeah. but it's not like you're going to have a full season of JP France and Jose Arquiti, no. but you do have both of those options. If they both can combine for an ERA under five, you'll win some of those games still. Yep. Totally. Exactly. Win, I think a lot with their bullpen and their offense, you win plenty of those games. So Framber Valdez has been floated in trade talks. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I can't do it. I mean, how could you do it if you're if you're the Astros? It's a similar thing with Bregman, but at the same time, it's a starting pitcher too. The only reason why I could see it, maybe even more than Bregman, is because you could get a fucking haul yeah. for Framber. I still don't think it's worth it. Especially with the state of their rotation, and especially when you look organizationally, dude. 
they don't have a lot of arms. Spencer Arigetti is probably like the, their best pitching prospect right now. And you that guy, I, you're looking at a swingman type probably. So it's just, it's one of those spots where it's like, I, yeah, you trade him, y'all, you'll get some prospects back, but okay, now what does your rotation look like? Now France is your four, Arkiti's your five, and you're waiting for those other guys to come back healthy. To me, trading Framber would be kind of waving the white flag. I feel like it's yeah. more due diligence, let's listen, right? Like the White Sox are asking for a King's ransom for Cease. Like if we can get that for Framber, then shit, maybe then we can justify, you know, going and, and making some other move to fill the rotation. But considering that he has two years of control too, Peter, and like he was kind of, he still ended up having a good year last year, which is the craziest part. Like we, it felt like he sucked and he had a three, four, five ERA and 200. I know. Like if he is even better and bounces back this year to, to the low threes, high twos ERA, like even with less control, you're going to get an absolute haul for him if you want to move him later. And look, if it's not happening this year, if you guys are struggling, if you guys being the Astros, then you can you can just move them. So I don't see the reason to do it now when you'll have the ability to do it either at the deadline if you're not performing or, you know, in the offseason uh, of, of next year. I don't think it's going to happen. But for conversation's sake, who would you rather trade for, Framber or Cease? Mm, Framber. I think the answer is obvious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you Framber. definitely trade for Framber because Cease is kind of all over the place. Like, I think we just kind of witnessed maybe Framber's quote unquote for all those watching on YouTube. How about hit that subscribe button? Quote unquote down year. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I agree with you. I felt like he sucked, but we're yeah. holding him to a standard that is Framber Valdez who could win a Cy Young award. And he had a three, four, five in about 200 innings. I mean, he's a ground I, ball. I was surprised looking at the numbers just now. I was like, well, I thought it was way worse than that. And there were stretches where it was, it was, it was worse, but that's what it was at the end of the year. Not that bad. So. Not that bad. So we're not going to do anything to the rotation. So in the bullpen currently of Ryan Presley ain't going nowhere. Brian Abreu, who's quite possibly the greatest reliever I've ever seen with my own yeah, two eyes. Yeah, correct. Rafael Montero, which is funny now because we're talking about the Astros, you know, holding on to cash and they gave him a three year, $45 million deal. And now he's coming off a five zero eight ERA. And the reason I'm bringing it up and making fun of the Astros is it's, I think the first mistake that they've made in five years, yeah. Yeah. they got one, they made one mistake and I'm pretty sure it was him, but knowing the Astros probably comes back next year and is excellent. There is a reason they gave him that contract. You also have Kendall Graveman, Ronel Blanco, Bennett Sousa, Brandon Belak, and Jose Arquiti. This is where we have to spend mm-hmm. at least some money. But Astros fans, if you come back with nothing, it's still a fine enough bullpen, but I do think that we have to add a relief pitcher, so they should add Josh Hader. Just kidding. Obviously, they're not going to I because wish. he's very, very expensive but we could add someone super under the radar that they would make really good. And the first name that comes to my mind, and it feels like this guy has been, you know, on a bunch of nerds wish lists, is Robert Stevenson, former Rays reliever. I just don't know how expensive he is going to be, but Aram, we know how good this stuff is, and we know yeah. what the Rays found with him. If he went to the Astros... I mean, that's the, all the relievers you need. I think that has to be at the top of their wish list. I just don't know what the market thinks of him from a dollar perspective. I, yeah, I, I wonder because, you know, it's it's been kind of like one of those classic things where, you know, sometimes you don't like to, to pay a guy right after they, they leave the raise or, you know, whatever it may be. But when you look at the the, the numbers and, and what he was able to do, it's it's pretty hard to argue against it. And when he's sitting, you know, 97, a lot of times when he can run the fastball up, but then also has this cutter and the slider that were just absolutely disgusting. 
I think he's a perfect fit. And I think that's a name that makes a ton of sense. The other name that they've been attached to is Yariel Rodriguez. That's the, you know, the Cuban yep. who went to Japan and then like got out of his NPB contract and now has plenty of, of interest here. That's a dude that I also think the Astros could really help maximize uh, in terms of, of, the, the arsenal and and being a multi-inning relief guy, you're talking about potentially opener. Yariel is able to go two, three innings. Um, so, you know, could plug in as an opener, could also be a high leverage relief piece, going to be more expensive than Robert Stevenson probably. I don't think he's going to be crazy expensive because you see like Yuki Matsui got, it'll probably be less than that. It'll definitely be less than that, but it'll be more than Wusuk Go. So somewhere in between that. Uh, but that's how the Padres kind of attack the bullpen right. Hey, we don't want to pay too much money. We're kind of constrained. Let's get creative and, and and go international. That's the only other option that I think would be better or like could possibly be as good as Stevenson, because in terms of swing and miss, I don't think that there's a better guy affordable than, than Robert Stevenson. I just have no idea what he's going to make. That's my issue, right? He could just generally be too expensive. Yeah. Yariel is a tough one for me because he doesn't have much of a track record, um, but we've seen stretches where he's disgusting. There's a lot of teams that are interested. So, I just, I'd imagine they'll be somewhere similar in the AAV department at the end of the day. So it's more of, are you confident in what you, you know, what you're going to get from Stevenson? What, what we saw last year is a three, one, you know, ERA, even better underlying, you know, metrics and, and, and all that good stuff. Or, and again, most of that came after, you know, also making the move over to Tampa where he just really found things 38 innings with Tampa, a two, three, five ERA. Um, or do you, Go with a Yariel Rodriguez who can maybe be stretched out a little bit more. Um, and yeah, although Stevenson has started in the past, I think yeah, I'd rather go very with Stevenson. Similar. I'd rather go with Stevenson here. Probably cheaper. I, I'd go with Stevenson too. I think I think that's that's the answer. That's and I think Stevenson's going to be better if he's cheaper and better. I'm going with him, no doubt about it. Right? Because if we're talking about ge- being stretched out, like the Astros do have these guys like Belak can be stretched out or Keedy can be stretched out. Renel Blanco can be stretched out a little bit. And then of course you still have JP France there. And then you're going to get back Luis Garcia. You're going to get back Lance McCullers jr. So I really want to target a high leverage guy, like a guy in the seventh, right? We need to replace Hector Neris here. They have so many guys who could be stretched out. Like I feel like they have so many different versions of Yariel Rodriguez. I want a one inning freaking lockdown dude. And that is Robert Stevenson. So you want to add him? Yeah, because I don't think he's going to cost that much because it wasn't like he did it for the whole year. It was, you know, after moving over to Tampa and, and some teams may have you know, maybe a little gonna, worried. So don't you think he's going to get paid like two years, 20 million? That'd be a lot. I mean, nothing surprises no. me anymore, dude. Nothing. So, but even then, like the, 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 the Astros can afford that. Like, yeah, whatever it is, they can afford it. That's not going to put them unreasonably above, you know, where they where they, you know, are comfortable being. So, all right, we just signed Robert Stevenson. Do you want to bring back, because we know the Astros love to bring back guys who left. Should we just sign Colin McHugh as well? Or no? <laughs> I mean, like, I... Did, mm, he should be at Astro. They need a lefty, if anything, <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, they, they all they have is Bennett Souza. They need a lefty so bad. But I just saw Colin McHugh's name, and I was like... I know, that would be like, classic. Why not? <laughs> like a Jake Diekman. Do we trade for Tanner Scott from the Marlins? They, he's he's going to cost like six mil. And I don't know if they have like any, I don't know what the prospects like. They, they're not going to trade. They're not going to trade what they need to trade to get him, I think. So I think it's good. I think that's, that's all they need. 
I, I mean, if do you trust Bennett Souza or do we go with another lefty to get like Deakman in there? I mean, we game? could instead of getting Robert Stevenson, we could get a high leverage guy who is a lefty who's not going to be crazy expensive. He's 32 years old, former Yankee Wandy Peralta. That's another one. I do like Wandy. Wandy also sounds like a like an Astro. Yeah. He's I like kind Wandy. of a lefty Hector Neris. <laughs> yeah, I actually like Wandy a lot. I, I think that could that could make be a perfect fit. Let's do let's not sign Stevenson. Yeah. And let's like just get Wandy, who may not be as good as Stevenson, but is going to be close. And cheaper. Right? He was, yeah. And cheaper. And he's the lefty. We need a lefty. And yeah, I mean, the, the Bennett Sousa can't be their only lefty reliever. I mean, the only lefties on this team is Bennett Sousa and Framber. Like, yeah, that that's can, it. Like that. They, they need a lefty. That, that's let's get Wandy. Let's get Wandy. Perfect. perfect. Wandy Peralta, you are a Houston Astro. And that's it. Yep. And this team could still win the World Series. Get better from within. Like just just naturally like have those guys get get back to where they were. I mean, if if Montero gets back to where he was, if you know the aforementioned pitchers, Javier was a four or five guy. If he gets back to where he was, Framber should be better. Hunter Brown will surely be better than a five ERA. And then we talked about the lineup. There's a lot of ways that this team can just naturally improve. So I, I think that's all they need to do. And before we move on to the Detroit Tigers. A quick break. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Playing general manager for the Detroit Tigers, a team I am extremely excited about for the 2024 MLB season. I'll most likely be on their overs. Aram, on BetMGM, division odds opened up and the Tigers have a better line in terms of it's not as juicy as the Cleveland Guardians. So you're saying Vegas thinks it's more likely that the Tigers win the division than the Guardians. Exactly. Wow. Which I was hoping for value this year from the Tigers. And I think the books are catching up to me. They already know. They're like, Peter, you want to bet on the Tigers? All right. We're going to give you shit prices. (laughs) And that's not a bet MGM thing. That is across all books. Books are high on this Detroit Tigers team. And I am very excited to go through them. But first, let's talk about what the offseason already was. Became free agents. Eduardo Rodriguez. Matthew Boyd, Spencer Turnbull, Austin Meadows, Jose Cisnero, Garrett Hill, and then our GOAT, Miguel Cabrera, ended up retiring. But they did bring in some reinforcements. They signed Kenta Maeda, Shelby Miller, Jack Flaherty, and Andrew Chafin. And they traded for Mark Canna for relief prospect Blake Holub. Their active payroll is $75 million. 
but the projected payroll for this season is about $104 million. Now, we're not going to sign the big-time free agents, right? You know, oh, they have Parker, Med- Parker Meadows in center field. You know what we should do? Sign Cody Bellinger. Now, we operate within what we think the Tigers are going to do, and within their means, we try and make this team better. But I think we can make this team a lot better, maybe not a lot better, but definitely better by not spending that much money. So let's go through each position and see how we can improve. And we'll start in center field with Parker Meadows. Aram, is this really going to be the center fielder that they start opening day with? Um, Because in the outfield, you know, they do have Canna, they do have Riley Green. You know, you got Andy Abanez, you got Nick Maton, you got Tyler Nevin, all guys who can play the outfield. And of course, you still have Veerling and McKintree who are now playing in the infield, but also can play the outfield. Is Parker Meadows the answer for the Detroit Tigers in 2024? That's a great question. And I think that's something that they don't know either. And yeah, this is the year to find out. What's interesting is I I think Riley Green is is passable in center, but I can understand just wanting to keep him healthy, put him in a corner. Meadows has earned the opportunity to get a look. I mean, he's put up some some pretty solid numbers and he can run. He can he can hit the ball pretty hard, especially to the pull side. Uh, he draws a fair amount of walks. I don't know if he's going to hit enough at the big league level. Like, we'll see. I think he can. And again, I think he's earned that opportunity and they need to kind of know what they've got. But, you know you're starting the season with, with a question mark there. I think he's good enough to justify the question mark, especially where you, when you look at it, if Meadows struggles, okay, you slide green over to center. Uh, and, and let's say you send Meadows back to triple a, then you could just put Kerry Carpenter in a corner. You could kind of get creative. You could put Veerling in a corner. You can, you could call up Colt Keith and, and put him at third or second, you know, move McKinstry around. It helps that the two guys that are holding the infield spots, you know, which we'll talk about in a second, are, are able to move around. But I think Meadows deserves a look in the beginning of the year. I do. I agree with you. Looking at the roster, just at face value, I said I would love to add a Michael A. Taylor to the fold. It's a big outfield. I would love a defensive-minded guy to be back there, some sort of veteran. But then after talking to you before and kind of going through it, you have a lot of outfield options. You also have a Riley Green who can move over to center field, bring up a guy like Cole Keith, who I think could make an impact this season. Oh, yeah. And you're going to and then what are you going to do with Veerling and McKinstry? So I think it's worth it to just kind of stand pat Mm -hmm. at that position and see what Parker Meadows has, because there's a reason that this 24 year old is projected to be the starting center fielder. He's no idiot, right? He's not, he's not some dumpster. This guy can play and I'm excited. I'd be excited to see him. I don't mind giving him a shot. And if he struggles, you're going to have to make some moves. The thing is they can make moves here. And you're still in that position where it's like, okay, you see where they're headed. You know that they're going to be pretty good this year compared to what we're used to. But it's still like a let's find out what we've got with our pieces. Let's see how the farm system continues to to you know develop, and just use this as a year that okay, if we have a Reds type year where we are ahead of schedule, that's great. But we're not going to just push all the chips forward here. Uh, we're going to you know kind of stay our on course and and see if we can build something sustainably good. And and I think they can and the way Meadows performs will kind of help them figure that out. He did put up a win. You know, he's a one win player in 37 games, you know, in his big league debut last year. So, you know, I think that's more than enough reason to, to see what he can do now. Couldn't agree with you more. All right, let's keep it moving. Right field, Riley Green. Ain't touching you, buddy. Hell no. Neither, and we're not touching Spencer Torkelson either. These are the guys that you build around. Harry Carpenter, no shot I'm touching him. Harry mm-hmm. Carpenter is one of the most underrated hitters in Major League Baseball. 
The guy slashed 278, 340, 471 slugging percentage with 20 bombs and six deals in 459 plate appearances. Lefty, masher, 26 years old. This is a guy Tigers fans should be really excited about. And if you're watching this and you're a diehard Tigers fan, you already know. I'm more speaking to the new fans. You know, people who want to maybe buy into the Tigers a little bit or just general baseball fans, fantasy baseball fans. Write down the name Kerry Carpenter. He can help you win your league. I think he's got more upside in the bat than he already showed last year. Oh, he's 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 gonna he's gonna put I think he's gonna hit 30 bombs this coming year. I really do. Wouldn't be shocked. Left field, we got Mark Canna, who they acquired. It's fine. Solid. Solid. That'd be one of the moves that we would recommend for them if we were doing this yeah, a couple of months. Literally. Ago. It would literally be that. So good move. Matt Veerling is gonna be your third baseman. Um I have a trade that I want to do, but to get a third baseman. I think people on the show have know kind of what I'm talking about, but I really want to hammer it home. So we'll just put Matt Veerling there for now. Second base, Zach McKinstry again. We'll put him there for now. And then you got freaking Javier Baez, arguably the worst player on the team. I was making about a trillion dollars at short. And you got Jake Rogers at catcher. The catching tandem is Carson Kelly and Jake Rogers. I don't think we're going to touch that. No, I, Rogers is also underrated. That guy had 21 homers last year and 365 yeah. plate appearances. Like, that's crazy. And he has a fire mustache. So I'm, I'm yeah. in on so, Rogers. And, and Kelly's were, been better through spurts. He's been hurt a lot, but that's a fine backup. We were ranking, or right now we're going through all of our top 15s for every position. And like Jake Rogers is, I mean, he's a conversation of the he's top He's not 15. at the bottom, for sure. No, he is not. <laughs> No, he is not. So if when we're looking through this team right now, I would like to add a third baseman. And it's not because I think Matt Veerling is not a good player. It's just when you look at the positions that Matt Veerling has played, he's excelled because he can kind of play wherever. 58 games in right, 41 games in left, 35 games at third, 31 games in center, and one game at second base. I think Matt Veerling is extremely valuable when you get to put him in kind of any position you want, give guys some rest days, instead of just making him your starting third baseman. Because he just doesn't have a lot of games at third under his belt. And then you can then move him to second or move him to the outfield or just kind of place him wherever you want and go get Isak Paredes from the Tampa Bay race. I think that's the trade that they make and add that right-handed bat in this lineup. And it's not going to be crazy expensive. So I wanted to talk you through some prospects that they could send for Isak Paredes. But before I do, do you think that's the move they should make? Or do you think they don't need to? I would stand Pat personally, because I just think they have so many things to figure out. So they have Justin Henry Malloy in AAA who got on base at over a 400 clip plays third base and outfield. They may want to see what he can do. Um, he played the whole year in AAA, And then Keith is a second baseman, I think most likely, but also plays a little bit of third. I think ultimately Keith should make this opening day roster and play second. McKinstry should be kind of third base bench, move him wherever. My only thing is like, if you're still trying to figure out where you're at and everything, like are they going to want to give up prospects right now? And I don't know. I I would probably want to see what's going on a little bit more with with my with my core before I like cash in prospects. But I mean, I mean, I would love to see them go get an all star third baseman. But 
I don't know. I just don't know if I see them cashing in, you know, on prospects right now when they're trying to kind of finally build a sustainable winner. What if you centered around Justin Henry Malloy and then another prospect in order to get Paredes, right? If we're talking about he's maybe coming up, you get a guaranteed. I know it's going to be more than that, but you centered around him add a couple more pieces who maybe you don't factor into your future and you get Isak Paredes. It would have to start at least with Jace Young. So I mean, if you did like Jace Young and, and Justin Henry Malloy, I mean, you could probably get you pretty close to that. Probably would you do that if you're the Tigers? I mean, I, I definitely consider it. Now that's pretty expensive for Isak Paredes. I don't it's, know if it would take both of those guys. Do you think it would? See, he's he's the four one player with years of control. I th- I think he's I think he's really I I think Paredes is is going to require a bit of a haul. Um, I, I, it's also why I don't know if the Rays trade him now. I, I think the Rays also don't like don't end up moving anybody, especially now with the Wander situation where it's at going to get Caballero. I think they they're allegedly shopping Harold. If they're shopping Harold. Are they also going to move Isak Paredes? I don't I don't know. I but. Can you I at least I was figuring when I heard that report that they're kind of shopping everybody just to see what they could get, right? They shopping Perez, they're shopping Randy, they're they're shopped glass now away. I feel like they're just shopping and kind of seeing they're always they shopping. They're always shopping, exactly. So it's like all these guys are just up in the air. How much do you want to pay for them? And if the Tigers come in and say, We're gonna give you Chase Young and Justin Henry Malloy, and the Rays say, We're gonna need you to add you know, a lower level pitcher. I mean, the Tigers get objectively better there and they're trading away pieces that might factor in, might not. They yeah, already I mean, have, right? You're looking at the prospects right now. You got Colt Keith. You just drafted Kevin McGonigal. You have how you, how you Lee, who they got for Michael Lorenzen. You got a couple of these infield prospects and you already have infielders on the roster. I mean, look, I I would love it. I I don't think they they do it. I think they're going to be super cautious, but I think it's reasonable enough for us to do it. And I'm not a big Jace Young fan. So, like, personally, I would cash in on Jace Young. He had a great year. He had 28 bombs uh, between high A and double A, but he's defensively limited. I saw him in the AFL. Uh, you know, he's he's a guy that's it's it's going to be all about the power that he gets into in games, and he's going to be playing second base or like a meh third. I feel like you've got a better version of that in Colt Keith. So I, I could happily justify trading Jace Young. I like Kevin McGonigal, as you mentioned, better as a prospect. He's a top 100 guy for us. Jace Young is either not or right behind him. Um, yeah, you'd have to probably throw in one more arm, like a lower level arm. So uh, can't it, Tigers fans will have will freak out if you trade Kyder Montero. So anybody but Kyder Montero. But um, yeah, I think they could they could throw in uh, an arm, you know, and and put something together there. Uh, maybe like a Troy Melton. I know Troy. fans like Melton too, but um, yeah, throw in Troy Melton. What about uh, what about Dylan Smith? I don't know anything about Dylan Smith. He's not very Third good. Rounder? Yeah, maybe 21? they can fix Dylan Smith. Um, Dylan Smith. Okay. Jace Young, Justin Henry Malloy, and Dylan Smith. It fits. It fits, right? And we got to pretend we are Scott Harris. So, you are Scott Harris. You're not a big fan of Chase Young. So you're trading him and Justin Henry Malloy and a lower level pitcher. You're getting back Isak Paredes, who's not expensive. Years of control. 
and is straight up just a good ass player and makes your team much better. And then you could put Veerling, McKinstry, you could do whatever the hell you want with them. I think it, I think we got to do it. I don't, I don't, I don't hate it at all. Um, especially because of Colt Keith's presence. Like I, Colt Keith is just so much better. So yeah, I, I'm in. Send it in. I, I like. I would rather do that. I think the prospect hugging that these teams do when they're in rebuild mode is is a little bit silly because what if Jace Young gets to triple now and struggles or you bring him up to the big leagues and he struggles and Colt Keith is better and he's already kind of not fitting in. And now you have a Michael Bush situation where he's not worth as much as he was when he was dominating in double A and younger. So it's not the worst idea. I, I like, I don't think it's a bad idea. I just feel like teams don't do it because they're weird about it. Like look at the Orioles. So I'm in though. Let's do it. Let's try to change the tides. Let's let's I, and I know you've wanted Peretti on the Tigers more than you've wanted any player on the Yankees in a while. So let's send just, it in. And if those are like, oh, he was a Tiger before, not Scott Harris's Tigers. Scott Harris wasn't exactly. the one that gave up on him. He was also a Cub before. The Cubs would happily trade for him too. It doesn't matter if he was on the team before, if it was unless it was like a year ago with the same front office. And if you're the Rays, that's a pretty good haul. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like you're getting nothing for him. Like if you're a Rays fan hearing, like, okay, like we we could do that. Yeah, well, I mean, Jace Young, I, that's a guy that I think would replace Brandon Lau. You know, assuming Lau is probably going to hit free agency, and yeah, I doubt they keep him. Justin Henry Malloy gets on base at a 400 clip, can help them this coming year, can play the outfield, can play third, can play first. And then, yeah, maybe they get a Dylan Smith or somebody else, and they can maximize that arm a little bit. I I, I don't I don't mind it at all. And and also, Henry Malloy is big league ready. So you can plug him in at third. You can plug Mead in at third. You can plug, you know, obviously, Caminero in at third, who's going to be playing third. But Again, it's just insurance policies. You got you got pieces there. I think the offseason is over, at least for the offense, for the Tigers. I think that's yeah. it, right? Unless you want to sign anybody right now on their bench. Carson Kelly, Andy Abanez, Nick Maton, and Tyler Nevin. I don't think we got to add anything. That's fine. They're going to call prospects coming up. up. Yeah. Yeah. The rotation is fascinating, and I think they already made all of their moves, but we can go through it. Tarek Skubal, who is a beast. As long yeah. as he stays healthy, this guy could be one of the better left-handed pitchers in Major League Baseball. He was that good. When he came up, dominated, gets hurt a little bit. He only threw about 80 innings last year because he was hurt. Pitched to a 2-8 ERA with 102 strikeouts. Now, Jack Flaherty, them adding him, I don't hate it. No, I, mean, I don't hate it at all. Maybe in a huge ballpark, he could be effective. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be great? Probably not. Is he going to be effective? I think he could be. That's fine. Yeah. And he's not a bad guy to just have there because they have so many options, right? You have resource and you have Matt Manning. Of course, you just signed Ked to Maeda, but they have so many pitchers in the pipeline, right? If we're talking about Casey Mize, if we're talking about Alex Fiedo, like these are all guys. Now, a lot of them are hurt. Are they going to factor in? But you still have them. And then not to mention in terms of prospects, right? Like we could talk about Jackson Job, right? I, I mean, don't know if I he's going to be up this up year. This year. Uh, Wilmer Flores, I think he's more of a reliever swing man, but that's a guy that should be ready to go this year. Uh, Sawyer Gibson Long looked good you know, yeah, at, at the big leagues last year. That's another arm. Um, Kyder Montero, I as I mentioned earlier, it's a guy that should be getting an opportunity relatively soon. They got a lot of options. I Yeah, I, they, like we're talking about the wait and see, figure out what you've got. Perfect example of that. Let's audition as many guys as we can here. Uh, and and again, like if, if they're not in contention, you're going to flip already. You already got your flippable guys, right? Like Flaherty is your flippable guy. Maeda is your flippable guy. That's all they need. Any Anything more, you're going to kind of block out the opportunity to see what a Matt Manning, Reese Olsen, you know, Casey Mize went healthy and all these other guys, you know, c- can do. So I think they're perfect. 
rotation wise. Like it's not about tight, but it can be fine. And they need to find out what they've got with these youngins. A guy that I loved in college. I mean, is Ty Madden going to make an impact this season for the Tigers? Very possible. And and I think he's a really high floor, you know, solid back end of the rotation guy. Super smart pitcher, pounds the strike zone. That that's another guy that fits could fit right in. So yeah, they got they got so many options now. And not to mention they have Joey Wentz too, who you know had a six nine ERA in one hundred and five innings. But There's like a lot of innings. Some games that where I bet on him, and he there was some games where I bet on Joey Wentz, and he had, went five innings, two runs. I'm just saying that's in his back arm. I was well, uh, dude. I mean, to have a six nine ERA and over a hundred innings, they're giving you repeated opportunities. For <laughs> yeah, something. There's There's, they there. see something. <laughs> So they have them. The bullpen, I think, is just straight up good. Alex Lang is a stud. And I love how the Tigers, you know, every offseason or I mean, during the middle of the trade line, when they're not that good, it's like we're just mocking all these Tigers relievers, all these different teams. They never trade them. They're like, Neither. no, fuck you. They didn't we trade, trade anybody. Them. They didn't trade anybody. But they do have Alex Lang. They got Jason Foley, who was a beast last year, 261 ERA in 69 innings. Will Vest. A beast, 298 ERA in 48 innings. Andrew Chafin, like, you just kind of like to have that guy in the Tigers. I feel like yeah. he's been on the Tigers like nine different times. And he's just a Tiger. He's a Tiger. He had a 473 ERA last year, whatever. He's a Tiger. Uh, Shelby Miller, one of the most underrated signings of this offseason. Dude yeah. was yeah. unbelievable with the Dodgers. 171 ERA in 42 innings. And they get him, and it's like nobody noticed. Good signing. Good signing, Scott Harris. And then they have Tyler Holton, who was great yeah, for the them hell? last year. 2-1-1 ERA in 85 innings. Crazy. Now, is it going to last? I don't know. Strikeouts aren't really there, but whatever. whatever. It's good. Miguel Diaz, 0-6-4 ERA in 14 innings. And then, of course, you have Joey Wentz. We don't need to add anything. We can for fun, right? Because we haven't spent any money. So it's like we could add another reliever here. Um. And I think an easy ad for this team. Get in like kind of a, a veteran-esque guy. Um, you have a couple lefties, so I think you're okay there. So we don't have to get a lefty. Why don't you guys be the team to go get Phil Maton? Yeah, why not? Build a build like just a nasty pen. <laughs> yeah, know, just, just build like this strong, almost super pen. Uh, so with the volatility of your younger, you know, rotation arms that you're going to have, you can weather the storm. I think the team's going to put up some runs. I'm cool with the Maton. I was also thinking, yeah, I mean, yeah, they don't really need a bench infielder because again, when you call a guy up like, like Keith, you're going to relegate one of McKinstry or, or Veerling to the bench and the bench becomes better. So yeah, yeah I, I think just go get, yeah, go get Maton. Now make this a super pen. Let's, let's weirdly have a good Tigers bullpen. I think that could that could be what ends up making them compete is just decent rotation, decent lineup, really good bullpen, and a good home this? field advantage. Astros didn't get Robert Stevenson. Why don't we get him? That would be fun. Yeah, and if you suck, you just flip them. Uh, if you suck, you flip them. They won't suck though. They're going to be good. I mean, I really, I genuinely think this team is going to finish five hundred or above. I think we got eight, I think we got 83, 84 wins here on our hands with potential for more. Roberts, okay, let's get Robert Stevenson. Robert Stevenson, welcome to the Detroit Tigers. Welcome to the Juggernaut Tigers. The reason I'm being so hyperbolic is because this is the team. I mean, we do this kind of every year, and we've been great. 
Diamondbacks last year, Orioles the year before. Like we have been good in identifying some of these young teams. Are you with me on the Tigers or yes. am I kind of on my own here? No, no, I'm with you on this one. I see the same. I see the same thing you're saying. Here. Right. Um, because when I look at these teams, I'm like, I try to imagine what the bad scenario looks like. And the bad scenario is generally like, okay, one or two guys go down in the rotation. Oh my gosh, it drops off. But again, like they have a they have a laundry list of guys that could just plug in, see if it works. And they again, the, the offense second. is only going to get better. I and the bullpen's the best it's been since we've done the just baseball show. So, I mean, I, I think this team, in a weak division, I think this team can hang around. Arm, this team finished second in the American League Central. Which they finished crazy. above the Guardians, and they didn't have Scooble for most of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. They didn't have my like, Who's their two is like, I guess, Kent to my age. <laughs> but like, whatever. They're, they're, they're three, four, five, six, seven, eight are also all like kind of similar. So it works. Yeah, it, yeah it exactly. Works. Like every day, every game, if it's not Tarek Skubal, who I think shoves, I think he's got an outside shot to win the Cy Young. Wow. Really? He's that I mean, good. I, I think he's that good. I think he's insane, too. But that's it's just. I know. I, I think so highly of him. He's not that different from Cole Reagan's. He really no, isn't. No, he's great. And then you have a bunch of guys like you don't have a two, but you don't have dog shit either. Like, I feel like everybody outside of Scooble is going to give you five innings, three runs. Can you score four? And can you shut it down after? I think you can. Yeah. yeah. Why not? That's why I see 83, 84 wins in this team's future. We can't. And then like, who knows? Maybe get in the playoffs. Probably not. But like, who knows? Diamondbacks, the, Diamondbacks literally won 84 games, got in the playoffs and went to the World Series. You never know. You never know. So that was the Detroit Tigers. And we saved the best of the rest for you. Playing general manager with the Colorado Rockies. So they added Cal Quantrill. We'll talk about it in a little bit. There is some spin zones here. Um, who became a free agent for the Colorado Rockies? Brent Suter, relief pitcher, Chris Flexen, and Chase Anderson. They claimed Jalen Beeks off of waivers. They traded catcher Cody Huff for the 2024 National League Song Award winner in Cal Quantrill. They signed free agents Dakota Hudson and Jacob Stallings. Ooh. They have a 111 million active payroll and a 141 million projected payroll. It is so funny looking at the Tigers roster than looking at the Rockies roster and being like the Rockies paid about 40 million more for this <laughs> team. Isn't it nuts, dude? It's so funny going like from back-to-back teams being like, this team spent this, this team spent this. And then it's like, I mean, this ain't even close. It's not. And what's funny is, you know, the the report, the latest report is they're on the market for a left-handed outfield bat. Mm. But like, I always assume that that means David Peralta. And then they go out and sign like a, like a, let's, I know he's a righty, but just like they go out and sign Chris Bryant. You're like, okay, what? So I want nothing more on this planet. Than Cody Bellinger to join Chris Bryant and let's in do that. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> I just I want that so I would like buy a jersey. I swear to God, like that it would be the funniest shit on earth to have them together. I think it would be so fun, and they might be the only team crazy enough to just meet the crazy asking price. But I don't know if they're gonna do that. Look, uh, we'll we'll go through the lineup here, but yeah, I mean we'll see if like what we can reasonably change. We know the left-handed outfielder thing, so that's the one thing that we'll do. But yeah. Go through it. DH, Charlie Blackman. Mm. Until he doesn't want to play anymore, he's got that job. Shortstop Ezekiel Tovar. That's your guy. 
Of course, you got Amador coming up, but that's your guy. Nolan Jones in left field, one of the most underrated players in Major League Baseball. The dude absolutely pillaged baseballs last year and was a 2020 guy. 2020 20 guy. bombs, 20 steals, hit 297, 389, 542. Now you can say cores, but at the same time, baseball fans, you respect that damn slash line. Yeah. That is a respectful slash line. I don't care if you're playing on the moon. Yeah. Don't care. Jones is a beast. All right, let's keep him moving. Chris Bryant. I mean, yeah. He's exactly. Play. Every thought that's coming through the people who are listening to this, you're right. Yeah. Like, whatever you think about Chris Bryant, you're probably right. If you're high on Chris Bryant, I could see it. If you're low on Chris Bryant, I could also see it. So you're just right with your opinion on Chris Bryant. Literally whatever it is. Yeah. Ryan McMahon at third. Yeah. Yeah. They're fan him. Great. Brendan Rodgers, you hate Brendan Rodgers. I can't. I, they, yeah, they <laughs> I need to get this guy out. Enough. Enough. Like, I can't do it anymore. Um, the second Ade Alamador is ready, get this guy out of town, please. And nothing against him. Maybe he's a great guy. Uh, but Probably but, great like, guy, Arm. He probably hates you. Yeah, I'm sure. like, You know who I hate? Arm Layton. Him and Dinger probably can't stand me, but I, like just just let's 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 move him out of town. Let's give him a change of scenery somewhere else. But not right. Are we now. doing they're, it now? Yeah, no, right now. no, no. They, they're going to let him do it all. He's 27. He was a first round pick, third overall. 2015, by the way, almost 10 years ago. Um, but yeah, before I graduated high school. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to give it a little bit more time. See what happens. So um, you got to leave it there. Amador is waiting in the wings, and I think that's the best hit tool in the minor league. So. He'll be he'll be there at some point by the end of next year, I think. Yeah, let's just talk about him for a little bit. You just said best hit tool in the minor leagues. I bet Rockies fans' ears just perked up because if you're a Rockies fan, you know about him. But oh, did yeah. you know that Arm Layton thinks he has the best hit tool in the entire minor leagues? I hope so. I, I hope they know that because that means that they're they're tapped into the prospects to us side of things because that's my guy. Like that's my that's my number one pound for pound hit tool guy, and, and I just. The fact that he also produces pretty good EVs from both sides of the plate and you know plays a good second base, a really good approach as well. I think that he's one of the safest prospects in baseball, also can be really, really good. So I, Amador up the middle with Tovar, that's going to be one of the more fun middle infields, I think, for the next five plus years. Like They're going to blossom together. Tovar was awesome in the second half. But Amador, bat to ball wise, it's, it's up there with anybody, legit anybody in the minor leagues. Are you a Hunter Goodman guy? Because he's the uh, slated starting right fielder. I am not. I'm not, not a Hunter. Like, it's just like the classic big power, big whiff. Let's yeah. see if it works at the big league level, but he can't be playing right field for you. And I think that's no, where can't. they're looking for the, that's where they're looking for the left-handed power bat in the outfield. Goodman, I would presume will be like fighting for at bats, you know, in a platoon role. He hits lefties. Well, like that's what he should be doing. Yeah, a guy with a 31% K rate, and this is not anything new. In the minor leagues, he struck out at a 26% rate. Yeah. He can't he's a defend. converted catcher, like recently converted catcher. So he's not a good defender in, in, in right field. And how big is Coors Field? You need guys who could go get it, and he can't go get it. No. No. Oh, we have to add a right fielder, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this team right now. Like, they really don't have anybody to go play that position outside of Sean Bouchard. Like, and you look organizationally, like no one's really knocking on the door. Like Jordan Beck's not too too far away, but he's still you know a year and a half away. They they don't really have Yankeeels far away. Zach Veen is you know, the last year was a lost year. He's got to he, he's got to prove that he can hit a double first. 
yeah, they need to sign somebody to, to hold him over. And they said left-handed. So David Peralta was like the perfect. I already, no, I already have the perfect guy. I already have the perfect guy. Then you can go jock. Joey Gallo should be a Colorado rock. Oh my God. Done. Done. He would hit done, 700 done, feet done, home runs. Done. He plays good defense and he's such a Rocky. That's the best idea you've had on the podcast. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's the best idea you've ever had. To I, would, Joey Gallo. I, will watch, I will create a bot that pops up on my phone every time Joey Gallo's <laughs> up at Coors Field. I, just in the hey, off chance office. that he hits one 600 feet. That's all the Rockies are. They're trying to get guys who fans of the Colorado Rockies Done. would be fun to watch in Coors Field. It's been Joey Gallo for the last half decade. Not only, not only is it a good idea, I actually think it's going to happen. I, I actually think you just predicted the future. I mean, I, it's, this that's whole the thing best is... move in the history of baseball. I think. <laughs> done, done, done. I'm, and I might get a jersey. That might be better than Bellinger. Um, <laughs> you know, imagine he resurrects his career and hits like 55 home runs in Colorado. Dude, I mean, the best all these teams have tried, and the Rockies are going to be like, you know, who hasn't tried? The boys in purple. <laughs> the boys on the moon. The boys on the moon. Won't strike out as much here, man. Oh, I'm in. I'm so, so in. And Goodman platooning with him. I love it. I'm in. I mean, that's, and he that's, can play defense out there, which they need. Exactly. Uh, Elias Diaz is a all-star MVP. Don't forget about that. When anybody asks you about trivia, Elias Diaz, 2023 all-star MVP, home run off Felix Bautista. You're going to need that in some conversation like 20 years. And remember that Peter told you that on the Just Baseball show. <laughs> you might have already forgotten it because I almost forgot about it. But I want to keep a note. I'm kind of going to keep that up for a I'm while. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to need to tattoo that on my arm to remember that. Um, <laughs> but he is your starting catcher. That's who you're rolling with. Yeah, and they'll probably trade him at the deadline. But yeah. And then probably Stallings not. Is, they're paying no, $2 million. Man. Stallings is going to get some ABs too. And I got to remember like, yeah. No, you got to remember they won't though. Like we're no. talking about a rational team here. Like, no, yeah. they won't. And then they won't They're give him to a big extension. And well, and obviously he's not a QO candidate, but even if he was, they wouldn't give it to him so that they <laughs> yeah. the pick back. I, I still can't believe they did that with John Gray. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Explain um, that. So th- th- basically you have the opportunity to give a guy a qualifying offer if, and which is set at, you know, any range. I think it was 18 million at the time. It's a one year deal, $18 million. Every single time that you give a guy a qualifying offer and he's usually overqualified for that, which Gray was, he went out and got 50 million in free agency, they'll just turn it down. But when they turn that down and they go out and sign elsewhere, you get a draft pick. You get that compensatory draft pick back. And they were like, I guess, worried that John Gray would take the one year 18 mil, which also would have just been a fine deal to have him on and didn't offer him a QO. So when he signed for 50 plus million dollars with the Rangers, they didn't get a draft pick back for that. They just got nothing. And <laughs> like, you could have just had him sign the QO and then traded him at the deadline too. Like I, that's where That'd the Rockies were. That'd be too smart. Yes. Correct. <laughs> correct. Uh, and Brenton Doyle in center field. Shout out Brenton Doyle. Fastest throw from an outfielder all season long. Fastest throw since the stat cast era began. 105.7 miles an hour. There's, but he does, a, he does, he does have a 250 OBP. So that's the thing. So. I, I there's a record that I I want to try to figure out what it is. I want to see who has had the lowest OPS and highest WAR ever because I think Brenton Doyle might do it this year. Like, can we get? And I want to call it like the Doyle. If you have a sub 600 OPS and you're a three win player or better, 
just call it the Doyle. And I think he can do that this year. Right now, it's probably called the Jackie Bradley Jr. Yes. And it could yeah. be the new Brenton Doyle. The JBJ Award. I think Doyle might elevate it to new heights. So Brenton Doyle put up a 43 WRC plus last season in 126 games, Aram. <laughs> he, he put up a 0.9 war. I don't think he's ever going to be a three-win guy. I think. I don't think. Yeah, that's a 593 OPS. I don't I and he was he was going nuts in the outfield last year. So I the Doyle is going to have to be a, a a two dude. He hit nineteen DRS, sixteen OAA. Holy he's shit! He's incredible in center. I mean, to be a positive WAR guy with a forty three WRC plus <laughs> is insane. Insane. I can go get it. So he's your starting center fielder. Yep. Unless, do you want to go get Michael A. Taylor? I mean, yes, but no. Yes, but now, yeah, fuck it. He hits the shit out of the ball, too. Yeah, let's go get Michael A. Taylor. Michael A. Taylor, I bet if he signed with the Rockies, we'd be going through the farthest home runs from Yeah, he'd, he'd have some like, sneaky ones out there, Michael too. A. Taylor hit one 489. Remember yeah. that in yeah. July? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm in. Michael A. So do you want to add Michael A. Taylor and Joey yeah. Gallo and call this offense done? Yep. Not Cody Bellinger? No. No. Damn it. That was a better fit. You're no fun. Um, all right, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Let's go to this rotation. Uh, Kyle Freeland, Cal Quantrill, Austin Gomber, Ryan Feltner, Dakota Hudson. Sounds like well, Cal's going to Cal's going to dominate uh, Freeland. You know, he's going to give you another five year I season in 150 innings. Gomber. You love Austin Gomber. You think he's great. He's like my cow. Like I, I think he doesn't get enough credit. I could think he's better than than people like yeah you know, make it out to be. But at the same time, he had a five five. It's a chorus five five. But chorus know, he's, five five. He's 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 gonna give you the chorus five, which you know I'll take I'll take. They're they're always looking for the chorus five. They also got Anthony Molina in the Rule Five draft, which you know Huge. coming over from the race, he's thrown a ton of innings. Um, I think he could be an innings eater for them. I think he could be a better option than Ryan Fellner. So he could easily be a guy that plugs into the rotation um, in, in one of those spots, too. So disrespectful to Ryan Feldner. You're like a guy who they got in the Rule 5 draft. Basically, a team, look at the thumbs up, a team like the Rays was not willing to keep him anymore. And you're like, he's better than one of the options you already have in your rotation. Ryan Feldner in 43 innings walked 28 and struck out 38. ERA below six. Yeah, it is below six. I think Molina will be better. Okay. Dakota Hudson. I mean, got some ground balls last year. 4980 RA, 81 innings. Yeah, I mean, he had 34 walks and 45 strikeouts, but there were some games where the Cardinals were like, he's our best guy. Yeah. <laughs> like there was times during the Cardinals' terrible season where they thought to themselves, good, Dakota Hudson's pitching. We have a chance to win. Maybe that he's the same for the Rockies. Keeps the ball on the ground arm. Sometimes he's the only guy in that rotation. I know he wasn't pitching a cores, but that had a sub five last year, <laughs> but and Cal's numbers were fake. Cause he was hurt. 81 innings, 45 K's 34 walks. You know, only nerds care about that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah you know, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta look at Dakota Hudson differently than we look at. I think Molina is probably better than both of those guys this coming season. Herman Marquez is probably going to be back at some point. Had Tommy John surgery May the 12th, probably be back by July. Yeah, I I think that's kind of what they're waiting on. So is Sensatella going to be out all of next season? Yeah, Yeah, Tommy John. 
um, seven twenty six. Seven is yeah. month of July. Yeah, at best. May, I, June. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be out for the year. Uh, they have Lucas Gilbreth. He should be back. TJ yeah. in March. This is exciting. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I mean, what what are we gonna do? We're gonna add a pitcher now. They're going to throw Molina in there. They signed Hudson for a reason. Yeah, like um, this is the rotation. And I'm not just trying to be a dick and being like, oh, it's not no, very good. Is, We're not going to add anything. Like they did. They added Quantrill. They added Dakota Hudson. These are their guys. Yep. Marquez is, is going to come back. This is the rotation. No one wants to throw. Like no one wants to pitch there. Like it's it's. You should get Blake Snell. Yeah. <laughs> go get Blake Snell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I think that's it. Honestly, like I, what, what are we going to go sign them? Johnny Cueto? We so could. Can we? For fun? I mean, it would be pretty funny. Who's another fun guy to sign for them? Oh. I mean, I do think that they should sign one more free agent pitcher. Okay. Why don't we give them... Is Bumgarner going to retire? <laughs> oh, that, 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 he's not. He's not Rocktober vibes. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's not really Rocktober. Um... Who's a guy that wouldn't be horrible there? Okay, Spencer Turnbull. Bounce back candidate. Okay. Maybe they throw him a little bit more money. Say, come come see if you can you know, rebuild some of your, uh, your stock here. He didn't throw like all last year because he was hurt. Turnbull could be a guy that just like doesn't have that many other like options where he's actually going to get a rotation spot. Maybe, maybe Turnbull makes sense. Do you know how to look up a guy's uh, quickly, right? Because I could probably do it, but it would take me a little while. A guy's stats versus a team. Ooh. What if Alex Wood pitches weirdly well in Coors Field? <laughs> He's been a giant forever. Yeah, I don't know if he does. Let me see. Um, like, I, I, There's something in the back of my mind that remembers him having good numbers there. And I could be wrong, but that would be a cheap option decently good pitcher in spurts yeah what did he do last year i mean no he wasn't i I think i saw giants fans in our playing gm episode like get him the hell away from us (laughs) yeah i mean he wasn't this is cores we're talking cores right now exactly he wasn't quote unquote good but he had a 4-3-3 era in 97 innings now only 12 of those were starts he pitched 29 times he wasn't good but like we're not adding him to the Dodgers were adding him to the Rockies, respectively. Yeah. No, I'm trying. I, I was trying to find it on Fangraphs. So I couldn't find it quick enough. But I, I'm I'm down for Alex Wood. I mean, I, it's it's got to be guys that like legitimately don't have many other options. Because like, why else are you gonna uh, will willingly just go to pitch at Coors Field? So I yeah, I think it's either him or or Turnbull. Turnbull maybe has a little bit more bounce back potential but if you look at what okay five two era in his career at course field for alex wood yeah i mean all right never mind it was a good thought yeah no there was a crazy pull if that if he was good there um that would have been nuts uh let's go spencer turnbull fuck it fuck it spencer turnbull you're a colorado rocky you'll like it yeah um let's keep it moving all right we got to talk about their bullpen right now so we did we just sign spencer turnbull Yes. And we're moving Feltner to the bullpen? Yes. Okay. Spencer Trumbull, Colorado Rocky. 
So now in the bullpen, listeners of the Just Baseball, they know my deep cuts, and they know I have a thing for Justin Lawrence. I think he's a stud, um, and he's a great reliever. 3.72 ERA last year, 75 innings, funky, and that's a 3.72 in course. I think this guy, if he got traded, he would he'd be a reliever on your team that you absolutely love. Big fan of Lawrence. Uh, Tyler Kinley is right now, according to roster resource, their setup guy who had a 6.06 ERA in 16 innings last year. Uh, they got Daniel Bard still. They got Jake Bird. Bard and Bird, I do like Bard. Of course, we know about the. Uh, you know, the mental stuff, like, right? Well, he's well, dealt yes. with, yeah, yeah he's yeah. dealt with anxiety. But, but, but I, I, I still think, you know, in the right role, he can be dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake Bird, I I do like as well. Nick Mears, um, only threw about 19 innings last year, but he's a decent arm. They obviously claimed Jalen Beeks off waivers. They have Anthony Molina, who arm talked about from the rule five. And they have Gavin Hollowell, who I don't really know much about. But he did have a 5.88 ERA in 33 innings. I mean, do we sign a reliever? I don't think we do. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I think they're good. I think they're good as is. I'm sorry, Rockies fans. I don't know what you want us to do. This yeah. is not a team that acts logically. It's not a team that has competed in the last really decade plus. Since, like, I, since the World Series. Really, yeah. but now they've, they've made a couple appearances here and there. But like, yeah, I mean. It, what this? They're not reasonably going to do anything else. And and they, look, the fun factor is way up with with Gallo in the fold. Michael A. Taylor could be a, end up being actually a nice, you know, and, and solid piece for them, and give exactly what they're hoping to get from Doyle. Chris Bryant bounces back. Call up Amador at some point. Drew Romo is the future of the catching position. I think the young guys coming up can be good. We just broke down the Colorado Rocky system on the call up not long ago, so so check that out. I think there's a lot of fun pieces on the way, but. Yeah, I don't see them doing anything this year. Me neither. That'll do it here for the Just Baseball Show. Hopefully everybody enjoyed Rockies, Astros, Tigers, Shota Imanaga. Did I get it? Imanaga. Imanaga. I still fucked it up. Don't trust me on on that opinion anymore. At least pronouncing his name. I know who the guy is. Whatever. We know the drill. I'm a ball knower, not a wordsmith. We know that. If you enjoyed this episode of the Just Baseball Show, make sure to rate and review five stars, whether that be on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoyed us on YouTube, hit that big red subscribe button, the like button, and comment down below if you think we made any mistakes. If you have more ideas for us, for teams to add your certain player, whatever you want, put it down in the comment section. We appreciate you. Go get your Just Baseball merch. I'm rocking the hat. Love it. Wear it every day. That's why it's all smush right now, because I think I've worn it like every day, two years straight, need a new one. You can get yours in the Just Baseball merch store in the episode description. That's Arm Layden. I'm Peter Apple. We will see you on Friday. And with that, thank you, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.